Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. How often do you study the Bible book of Proverbs? Do you have a lifestyle of consistently opening the Proverbs for wisdom and guidance for your life and walk with Jesus? Let's open now to Proverbs chapter 3 and see what insights this amazing book has for us. Well, good afternoon and welcome to another teaching. Today is December 14th. Hopefully everyone is uh, just really pursuing Jesus this Christmas season in a, uh, in a more intentional way than in uh, years past. Hopefully you are uh, thinking about Jesus more throughout the day, remembering him, uh, remembering uh, the significance of his birth and all that it means to you, and helping others to remember. We cannot, we cannot talk enough about Jesus. We cannot say Jesus enough. We cannot help people understand Jesus enough. So hopefully everyone's doing well. Merry Christmas. And today, um, we're just going to do four verses today. They're going to be uh, verses from the Proverbs, and the Proverbs are here to give us wisdom and understanding and, and knowledge. And we have listeners that are, that are always very much interested in and have, have a lot of questions um, about different parts of the Bible. And so uh, there are 31 Proverbs in your Bible. And for those who, who have never done this, it's a good idea to read the proverb for each day. So this is, uh, today's December 14th. You could go and slowly read and meditate on uh, Proverbs 14. There are 31 Proverbs, so they're one for each day of the month of December. Um, so just tomorrow, read Proverbs 15. And on Wednesday, read Proverbs 16. And all the way till December 31st, read Proverbs 31. Then January 1st, read Proverbs 1, all the way through the end of that month. And that's a, a really good discipline to do. It's a, uh, it's a very valuable time. Today we're going to be discussing Proverbs chapter 3, uh, verses 5, 6, 7, and 8. Stephen will have them in the, uh, you know, there's a, there's a write-up that goes with each podcast if you, haven't, if you haven't seen it. You know, I have a good friend, Scott, who you know, who always likes to make recommendations, and it was a good one. And so now uh, we do include the, the scripture in there um, that we are, you know, that I'm teaching on. And so today will be Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5, 6, 7, and 8. And so when you go to the podcast, there'll be a place where you'll see uh, the scripture there, and you'll see some, uh, some comments or observations from the teaching as well, kind of like an outline. So we're going to we're going to go ahead and pray and then we'll read the scripture and then we'll start to break it down and just see what the word of God has for us. Well, Lord Jesus, we do thank you for your favor and your mercy and your goodness on our lives. We thank you for the scriptures. We thank you for the living word of God. 
Holy Spirit, we ask you to lead us and guide us now as we open the scriptures. We ask that you'd give us eyes that see and ears that hear. Father, we do love you and we bless you and we thank you. We thank you, Father, for the word of God. And above all, we thank you for the Son of God, Jesus Christ, our only Lord and Savior and Master and King. We commit this time into your hands now, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5, 6, 7, and 8. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. For all people everywhere, the beginning of trusting in the Lord is to trust in him to save you from your sin. Before we started this teaching, I had asked a a young woman, Susanna, I asked her to, to, to pray for the podcast. And she said, Lord, give us, give us eyes to see and give John, you know, revelation that he might teach us dirty sinners. And, uh, and I, and I chuckled at that, but it is true. You know, we, we are desperately in need of a savior because we are all one and all dirty, sinful men and women. And there's nothing we can do to save ourselves. We are utterly hopeless, save the Lord Jesus Christ. Only in Jesus, only when we trust in Jesus, verse five, trust in the Lord with all your heart. That begins by putting your complete trust and reliance in Jesus Christ alone for the forgiveness of your sins and the salvation of your soul. Knowing you are hopeless without him and throwing yourself at the foot of the cross and asking Jesus, crying out to Jesus, Lord Jesus, I confess that I am a, a sinful man or a sinful woman and, and I know I cannot do anything to save myself. But I believe you lived a perfect life for me and died a perfect death for me. And I believe you are alive and risen. And Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart and be the Lord of my life and save me from my sin and bring me to heaven when I die. I trust in you, Lord Jesus, with all my heart and soul. I put all my confidence in you alone, Lord Jesus, to save me and to be my everlasting Lord and God. That's where trusting in the Lord begins. It begins at salvation. But then as, uh, you know, my daughter Kristen has a good testimony about how when she got saved, you know, she was going just through a, a time in her life where things didn't make sense. And, um, and, you know, she just, she wanted Jesus and she was going to trust in Jesus and call on Jesus. And she had always, she had, she had uh, prayed to receive Jesus several times before, but, but this was different. Now she, she called out to Jesus to come into her heart and to be the Lord of her life, but she wasn't just trusting him for the next life. 
She wasn't only trusting him for the forgiveness of her sins and the salvation of her soul, which she certainly needed to do, and she did. But she was also going to trust him with her life, her moment-by-moment, day-by-day life. And for, for most of us as Christians, that's a, that's, a, that's a much harder thing to do. For most of us as Christians, when we truly understand the gospel, when we understand the good news of who Jesus Christ is, and we, and we understand the bad news of how true, truly sinful we really are, we are willing to run to Jesus and trust him for heaven, trust him for forgiving our sins and, and going to heaven. But trusting him with your day-to-day life, trusting him with every aspect of your life and your spouse and your children and your whole family, including, you know, everything, your parents, brothers, sisters, aunts, uncles, cousins, and then all of your friendships, trusting him with all that, trusting him with all your finances, trusting him with your money, and then trusting him with with all the day-to-day decisions you make. That's a different thing. And these Proverbs teach clearly that this is what it means to trust in the Lord with all your heart. Not just for salvation, not just for the forgiveness of your sins, but we need to trust in him for our moment-to-moment, day-by-day leading and guiding and in the decisions we make. And this is particularly true if you're in Christian leadership, wherever that may be. If you're a pastor at a church, if you're on staff at a church, if you're an elder, um, if you have a ministry, um, whatever your public ministry is, wherever you are a leader in Christian circles, I mean, and it can be just from if you have a leadership position um, that's that's at the bottom of the rung in the church, all the way up to where if if you are the uh, a mega church pastor, these principles remain the same. We need to have a lifestyle. Verse five: Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And here's going to be the first way you do it: and lean not on your own understanding. In all our decisions, we need to lean not on what we think best. We all have a proclivity to think that we know what's best. We do. Particularly as leaders, for those of us who have, who have been in, uh, in church leadership and been around church most of our lives, we all think we know what's best. We all think we know the Lord's will. And the biggest problem in this is that we lean on what we think is right. Remember the proverb says, all a, way, all a man's ways seem right to him. We all think we know what's right. And when we do this, we're leaning on our own understanding, on what we think is right. The best way to not lean on your understanding is that to get into a habit, to literally, moment by moment, day by day, all of your decisions, you lean not on your own understanding, but on the word of God on the scriptures. This is what we need to do, May. This is how we need to live our lives. My wife and I need to live our lives, and all of us need to live our lives 
Everyone listening to this, we need to live our lives not putting our weight in our own our own understanding, our own wisdom, our own feelings for sure, our own desires. But we need to lean on the word of God and on Jesus, the son of God. And everything you do, you want to say, what is the will of Jesus in this matter? In all things, whether it be spiritually, physically, emotionally, financially, or relationally, Melanie and Jordan. And all these things you want to know, what is the heart of Jesus? What is Jesus saying for this particular decision I'm making? And if we're in, in Christian leadership, this has ramifications for all the people around us. So we need to lean into the word of God and see if how we're leading, if the things we're doing are, are consistent with the teaching of the word of God. And if they're not, we just repent. First of us, all of us have a problem. We all think we're right. I think I'm right all the time. And, and we, 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 we desperately need to repent. Go to the Lord and say, Lord, I'm sorry. Help me to diligently apply myself to your word for any decisions that I make, particularly decisions that affect others. But in your personal life, just wherever you are in your walk with the Lord, you know, you want to, you want to, uh, you want to get a new car, you know, you need to, you need to go and walk with the Lord and, and see where he is in that. You want to take time. This is a skill. This is not something that'll just come to us overnight. This is a lifestyle of learning to not lean on your own understanding. And the way to do that, verse six, in all your ways, acknowledge him in everything you do. That's verse six. Verse five was trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Verse six, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. And everything you do, Lauren, invite Jesus into it. We've talked about this over and over and over. I've talked about it with my children. We've said it in Bible studies, Chloe. We talk about it all the time. In all your ways, acknowledge him. In everything you do, Peyton, acknowledge Jesus. In everything you do, whether it's big or small, Gwenda, it could be decisions that, that have ramifications that are massive. But you want to acknowledge Jesus and see what is the heart of Jesus on the matter. Jesus knows better. Whether you're the president of the United States, in all your ways, you should acknowledge Jesus. All the way down to whatever position you have. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Make Jesus a part of everything. When you're making decisions, when you're making choices, you want to acknowledge Jesus and invite him into it. How do you do that? You literally pray. You pray and you make him a part of it. Whatever that's going on, right? Whatever the situations are in your life now, whatever the circumstances are in your life, you want Jesus to be at the center of it. Because if he's at the center of it, Verse six, your path will be straight. You won't twist off to the right or twist off to the left 
into uh, into just all kinds of frivolity, sinfulness, foolishness that just causes collateral damage everywhere. Every time there's collateral damage, every time people are hurt and upset, it's because we or them or all of us didn't acknowledge Jesus in the situation. And we and it can trace it back to hundreds of times not, not acknowledging Jesus. And the reason we didn't acknowledge Jesus is because we leaned on our own understanding. And the reason we leaned on our own understanding is we didn't trust in the Lord with all our heart. We trusted in ourselves with all our heart. And this is what happens. This happens everywhere. This happens beginning in our homes, with our families, with our children. And in every way. You want to, you know, what is the heart of Jesus on this matter? And I'm not talking about religion here. You don't, this is not a religious thing. This is not something you have to do. It's something you get to do. There's a freedom in this. There'll be a straight path in this. Whenever you see something's wrong, oh, and, and, and we all have it in our lives in, uh, in varying intensities, right? It's always because we haven't lived in these verses. And we'll see in seven and eight. Take a deep, deep, deep study as we follow this. Proverbs 3, 5, 6, 7, and 8. Father, we ask you to forgive us. Forgive me for sure. For not trusting in you with all our hearts. We give you a little bit of trust, Lord. We've trusted you for forgiving us of our sins and, and saving us. But Lord, we haven't trusted you to make the decisions of our moment-by-moment, day-by-day lives. And I ask you to forgive us. Father, I ask you to forgive us where we have, we certainly have leaned on our own understanding. And Lord, our own understanding always seems to lean toward what's best for us. And I'm sorry for that, Lord. Forgive me. Father, forgive me where I haven't acknowledged you in my decisions. And then then I wonder why my path isn't straight. So Lord, we ask you to help us to walk this out today. We thank you that you are merciful, Lord. We thank you that we can repent. We thank you that you love us. Lord, we certainly thank you that our salvation isn't dependent on any of this, but on what Jesus has done for us. But Father, we do want to live in these ways. So we ask you today to, to help us to trust in you with all our heart. Help us to lean on the word of God and the son of God and not on our own understanding. Help us to, in all our ways, acknowledge Jesus and invite Jesus into it and pray and seek the heart of the, of the son of God and the word of God to seek where you're leading us, Holy Spirit. And we can trust that if we'll do these things, that, that our path will be straight. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Mm. To acknowledge him and everything is to consistently pray to him. Talk to him about every situation. Invite him into it. Pray that his kingdom would come and his will would be done. Uh, like the prayer in Matthew 6, verses 9 to 13. You want his kingdom to come in, in every day, in every situation, in every moment. And like I said, these are not things that are like burdens. These are wonderful things that we get to do. And if you will do this, and if I'll do this, we'll see Jesus show up in our lives in ways that we haven't. You know, I appreciate the leaders of, uh, uh, of kingdom discipleship in, in different ways. 
Um, but one of the ways that they do a very good job, you know, all of them, you know, even the, the newer guys, you know, uh, Eddie, um, Caleb, Josh isn't so new anymore. Okay. Um, but they do a good job of, uh, of really examining themselves in, 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 in practicing introspection, Mel and Jordan and seeing, seeing how well they're walking something out and how well they're not. And they know this is not something they have to do. It's something they get to do. But they're willing to take a, a candid and frank observation of where they are. And that's, a, uh, and that's hard for a lot of us. To just step back and just see the truth of things as they are and look into our own lives uh, and make the necessary adjustments, Nathan. All right, verse 7. Okay, so we have, you see how they, these all kind of work in together, how they like puzzle in together like a little Legos in here? It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. Verse seven. Let's not be wise in our own eyes. Now, golly. Wow. Do not be wise in your own eyes. You see, don't lean on your own understanding and do not be wise in your own eyes. How do you, how do you keep away from these traps? The second half of verse 7. Fear the Lord and shun evil. It's not rocket science, Jones. We need to stop being wise in our own eyes. We need to stop thinking we know what's up. We got it all figured out. Got this on lockdown, Jose likes to say. I always ask one of my guys, Stephen, can I do anything for you? And he tells me you can, you can kick my butt because I need to be doing a better job. We need not be wise in our own eyes. And, and, and again, it's amazing that the Proverbs, it's almost as if these Proverbs are written and pointed out for the things that, that we have the biggest problem with. And we don't even know it. And particularly the farther up we go and along we go in Christian leadership, the harder this is to see. I've been doing this 22 years. Been uh, walking with Jesus. And, uh, and if I've seen anything, I've seen that the farther you go in Christian leadership, the harder it is to see these things the easier it is for us to fall into being wise in our own eyes, the farther, the more position, quote, we have in the church, the more we have to be careful of this. And clearly, the more we make these mistakes. We need to be on our guard as pastors, as elders, as teachers. Because this... Uh, that we can be so easily deceived. And I'll say again, it's because we're not leaning on the word of God and on the son of God. We're not acknowledging Jesus in every situation. We're not going to the Bible in every situation. And when you're wise in your own eyes, you can't even see that. You're not even aware of it. You're completely unaware that you're not 
behaving in a way or operating in a way or making decisions in a way that are consistent with the word of God and the son of God. And I'll say again, all of us have done this, but it's more prevalent. I find it's more prevalent in the church than anywhere else. It's more prevalent in the church than it is in, in business. Have mercy on us, Lord Jesus. And I know I'm a part of the problem. I know, I know we, that all of us struggle with this, but it's something we really need to work on. Do not be wise in your own eyes. How do you do that? Fear the Lord and shun evil. To shun evil means just to do wrong. To shun evil means to not be willing to do what's wrong, to not be willing to do what's self-serving, to not be willing to be sinful and to serve your own cause. Shun evil, whatever it is. You know, you're not going to engage in, in any of these things. You're going to shun it. You're going to push it away. Whatever it is, you're going to shun evil. You're not going to be a part of it. But to do that, you're going to have to live in the fear of the Lord. And what does that mean, the fear of the Lord? It's a statement often used, not as much nowadays as it was in times past, but uh, we've often heard in, in, in our church circles that the fear of the Lord means an awe and respect, you know, for God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And that is certainly true. That is an aspect of the fear of the Lord. To, to know and live in in awe and respect. But this, there's been a new, just this new idea slipping in and in, into the church. And it's this idea, well, it doesn't really mean fear. Fear of the Lord doesn't really mean to have fear of the Lord. It just means to have an awe and respect for the Lord. That's incorrect, okay? To fear the Lord certainly means, right, to live in awe and respect and reverence for Jesus. There's no doubt of that. But it does also mean to be afraid, okay? It does also mean to be afraid that he is God. He is all-powerful God. He knows everything we do. And... And he is a loving father that will discipline us. And we do, we ought live in fear that if we get out of bounds, that the discipline will come our way. And it can be in countless forms that he can bring discipline into our lives. Now, you know, your father loves you. If you're, if you're a Christian today and you've trusted in Jesus Christ, you need not fear for your salvation. Your salvation has been paid for by Jesus. That will never be taken from you. You're saved. You're a child of God. But just like any rational parent, that child ought to know, your children ought to know, that if they go over a certain line, that, that discipline's coming, commensurate with that line. And if that's what it is, of course, I would love it if all of our children just obeyed what we told them to do and stayed out of trouble simply because they, they have this incredible love and respect for us. But that's just not reality, is it? 
All the guys in our ministry have children, and it's not the reality with any of them. I remember when Tom told me he's uh, he's an elder. He's uh, he's in his fifties. He said, and when you know when his children were younger, you know, they really didn't do anything out of just this incredible devotion and love because we love you, Dad, so much. We're going to do everything you say. He said there was almost none of that. He said it's because they knew that if they didn't do what he asked, that there would be consequences far more unpleasant than whatever was unpleasant that he was asking him to do. So if he was asking them to clean their room, if they didn't clean their room, that they would have things taken away, and he certainly would do it. And so the motivation was fear of their father, and they were afraid. Now, they still always knew that Tom loved them completely, but they had fear of their father that it was really because he loved them, and they, as he told them this many times, that, that he would and did bring the discipline. So when it says to fear the Lord, of course, our Heavenly Father loves us. But because he loves us, you ought to have, you ought to be afraid that if you're going to live in an ungodly way and not repent, that your Heavenly Father in love will bring divine punishment. I've certainly been under it in my life, probably under some now. I don't like it. That's why we repent and live in the fear of the Lord. We do live in the awe and we reverence him as God. But you know that he's a serious father. And because he loves you and because he loves me, if we don't shun evil, and if we're wise in our own eyes, and if we just lean on our own understanding and we really don't trust him, well, he, he will bring correction into our lives. He will bring discipline into our lives. And just like our children, it would be wonderful, y'all, if we could just do everything because we just love our Heavenly Father so much. I was talking to a brother and, and he consistently says, yeah, but we should, be, we should be doing it out of love for our Father. Of course, we should obey him out of love. Right, Jason? Right, Johnny D.? Of course, we ought to be obeying him out of love for him. But sometimes I just want to do what I want to do. I want my own way. I want to just do things the way I want to do them. And in those times, I'm not loving him. If I had a fear of the Lord, that's a good thing. It's a good thing for you to obey the word of God because you don't, you don't want your heavenly father to bring punishment. Now, of course, it's better if you just do it because you just love and adore him, right? That's how, that's how all your, your kids, they just do everything, Scott, because they have this incredible adoration for you. I just love you, Dad, so much. Mom, you're just, you're amazing. I just want to do everything the way you want me to do it. We never heard of kids like that. The only kids I ever heard like that are Jack's kids. Trent and Lindy, those were the best kids ever. My kids weren't like that. All of us, and we, we as children of our Heavenly Father, oftentimes we, you know, 
we certainly need to have a healthy fear, be afraid that we're not going to walk in this sim uh, sinful, self-serving lifestyle because our Heavenly Father will punish us and will bring discipline to us. And that should help keep us in line. Fear the Lord and shun evil. And finally, verse 8, this will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. If you will do these things that we've just talked about, if you'll have a lifestyle of them, uh, you'll have health, to, uh, first of all, to your spiritual body, right? You'll have health to your emotional body. You'll just, you'll, you'll, you'll be in health and, 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 and it'll even bring it to your, your, it'll even bring blessings. It says nourishment to your bones, to your physical body. Again, this, this will bring, you know, is there anything better than the spiritual blessings or anything better than being in good spiritual health? This will bring health to your body, good emotional health. If you make, if you follow these principles, you'll be in good financial health. If you seek the Lord with your finances and you obey the word of God in your finances. Uh, how about in relationships? You'll have good relational health. I'm sure everyone just has perfect relationships. Y'all, y'all don't, don't have any problems with anybody ever, right? Obviously, that's not true. We have relationship problems everywhere. It's because we don't live in these verses. But the great news is we get to repent today. And really, we see these in a new way. And we want to live in these verses, right, Ireland? We want to we live according to these, these verses. We want these verses to be, frankly and truly, a day-in, day-out, moment-by-moment part of our lives. Father, we love you, we bless you, we thank you, and we praise you. We thank you for your word. And Father, we ask you to help us today, once again, to truly trust in, in the Lord with all our heart, to trust in Jesus with all our heart for every aspect of our lives, beginning with salvation and for the forgiveness of our sins, but into to every detail and all the decisions we make, all the relationships we have, Lord, we ask you to trust you more and more and more with all our heart. Help us, Father, to not lean on our own understanding, but help us to lean in on the Son of God and the Word of God for everything we do, Lord. Help us to seek understanding from the Scriptures and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Father, I ask you to help us to, in all our ways, acknowledge Jesus and to to really see what the, the heart of Jesus and to have a, a, a what would Jesus do or a, a, a do what Jesus did heart in us, Father. And Lord, you promised that if we'll do that, we'll, we'll be on the straight and narrow. We'll be, we'll be on a path where we hear from you, on a straight path where we can truly hear from you and be guided by, by you, Holy Spirit. Father, help us to, to stop being wise in our own eyes and to, to think we know everything. Forgive us, Father, where we try to be wise in our own eyes and help us to live a lifestyle where we truly live in the fear of the Lord, where we truly do reverence you and live in awe of you and where we're tempted to get off track, where we're truly afraid because we know that, that you love us and, and we really don't get away with anything. And Father, we thank you that if we will do this, you've promised that we'll be in good health spiritually, physically, emotionally, financially, and relationally. 
We love you. We bless you. And we thank you. We thank you for this time. We thank you, Lord, for your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. For more information about our ministry, please visit www.kingdomd.org. If you'd like to email us directly, you can reach us at contact at kingdomd.org.